Welcome to the Mint Green Ukulele Podcast. More joy and less stress, baby! Oh, hell yeah! Well, here's how it works. You ask and we answer. What is your question around reducing stress, increasing productivity, or leading effectively without sacrificing joy in your life? You can submit your question at mintgreen.show. Without further ado, let's get it. And in the blue corner. They are the founders of Remarkable Speaking, and they created a transformational and gamified coaching method serving those who speak to connect and form an influence with confidence. Together, they have coached hundreds of people in over 40 countries from a vast array of industries. Shelly Goldstein and Mark Bosser. And in the red corner, she's a certified mindset specialist, a productivity and leadership coach. She facilitates wellness through comedy and play for your team. And she's your host for the show, Genevieve Pippen. Welcome to the Men Green Ukulele Podcast, Shelly and Mark. How are you? Great to be here. Thank you. So yeah, glad. You, this is awesome. Yes, I'm so glad to have you here today. And for you at home, today it's a very interesting conversation because um, I've been doing this podcast for almost a year now. And I found myself spending quite a lot of time editing my ums and uhs and uh, sometimes getting a little bit self-conscious about my way of speaking. And I reached out to Shelly and Mark to uh, for them to help me with some issues or some things that's that about my speaking and then uh and then here they are today and we're going to talk about that uh, and before we talk about that i want to go directly into rapid fire questions the question is what are your top two values i know that you talk a lot about values for remarkable speaking so maybe we can go with that or answer as you wish Mark looks like he has something. Well, I think our our value that corresponds, I think, to both of us, but also for the company, is that we value authenticity, being authentic, and that's a I don't really like that word much. Mm. It's a it's buzzword. More about speaking from your heart, being available, and being fully seen. You know, the deepest longing, I think, for or one of maybe the deepest longing for every human being is to be fully seen and fully heard. And yet, even one of our clients earlier today was talking about how it's not really, she doesn't feel safe at work because she can't make a mistake in her words. And I just don't necessarily believe that. So that's that's mine. I'll let Shelly come up with a second one it's very true that value because we want to be our best self-expressed and we also want to trust we want to know that when we're out there speaking when we're out there presenting interviewing wherever you're engaging in conversation that you trust yourself that it's truthful and that you feel good about what you're saying and that aligns with the confidence piece when you trust yourself the confidence comes in and there's yeah. no no holding back no holding back baby yeah that's so that's so true. And I know that we're gonna come back to it a little bit later, but that's definitely something that I felt that you're walking your talk around that and also in the experience that you provide. Um, next question. Hmm, interesting. Are you who you used to be? No. <laughs> and why? And and that even includes like an hour ago, let alone five, 10 years ago. And why is that? Um, Go that's ahead. such a weird question. Are you, of course not. We, we evolve as human beings. That's, that's the nature. I mean, well, perhaps not everyone. 
let's be honest, because there is uh, a certain rigidity that folks can adopt that I kind of classify as fundamentalism. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to upset anybody, but that's just how I see it, just an opinion. And that rigidity makes not only kind of maybe the way we normally look at it, we look at the world kind of, ah, you know, why are you telling me what to do? I don't necessarily agree with you, but also internally with folks, they get rigid in their beliefs. So when, say, when people come to us to learn how to speak, they've decided they are not good speakers. Mm. And a big part of our job is to go, well, let's pull that belief out of the way. Let's pull that mask out of the way. Let's pull this out of the way. Let's pull all that because it's not true. We know mm. that. Everyone, every human being is a good speaker. If that would be the second value, I would yeah. say that, that we own just to circle it back mm -hmm. to the first question. Yeah. And that identity that we can allow ourselves to, sh to shift and, and evolve. I love that. Um, what is your proudest accomplishment so far? <laughs> I know, right? But now we, this is the last of the deep questions. Let's do it. I think it comes for me, the proudest accomplishment. Oh, wow. I'm trying to, I'm trying to land on something that I could, <laughs> I'm not good at narrowing down as you could tell. It's like, how can I have one favorite color? There's so many colors that are beautiful. You know, you're asking me to one accomplishment, one accomplishment. Wow. Speaking up. For myself mm. yeah that's a great one learning how to not just have a seat at the table but actually owning it and embracing that chair as something that I rightfully own and coming from that point of view yeah I think for me the having I'm naturally quote unquote, naturally, I was an only kid. I had alcoholic parents. I, it was a tough childhood. There was no one else to take the brunt of the craziness. And that meant the world wasn't safe for me. And that, as I got into adulthood, equaled introverted, mm -hmm. not really wanting to connect with people. Would have been happier in a cave meditating rather than actually being out there and wearing masks when I had to be out there. So I never felt safe being myself or public speaking. Forget it. Like <laughs> I hated it. And so to be at a place now at this advanced age <laughs> to have discovered the joy of being a good public speaker, of being a confident public speaker, not only that, but being able to help others because we've walked that path is, it's the best gig I've ever had. So really, by far, like <laughs> there isn't anything better than being able to help other people kind of see that they can be themselves in front of other human beings. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not... It's a byproduct, sorry, Jen, it's a byproduct of what we do because it really truly has changed our lives. And that is a huge accomplishment. And to share that with others and you see it happening, it's remarkable how just from working on some speaking ideas of confidence and trust and things that we've been talking about and our values being seen and this and that, it really changes. It's a, it's a true transformation head to toe in areas that you never expected it's it's less about the ums and ahs which we'll answer that question later and it's, it's going so much deeper it's it's like this bonus yeah and i think this is so relatable as well um 
as we grow and as we evolve. And I think that that vulnerability of speaking and then be able to being comfortable with that. And I, I can't wait to get into to get into the meat of that. Uh, I do have more rapid fire questions before we get there, though. So what were you afraid of as a child? I want one answer each. I was afraid of being, um, of making mistakes because I would be verbally, emotionally assaulted for it. Mm. Period. Yeah. I have a very similar scenario, except a different reason. I felt for some reason, I felt there was this object of perfection, this perfection idea that I had to achieve. And the fear was it wasn't perfect. Therefore, I was never quite satisfied. <laughs> but it was definitely a fear that I wasn't perfect. And just there and of itself was a struggle because mm -hmm. it's, it was hard to keep up with that. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Impossible. Absolutely. What is your biggest pet peeve? You know, if we look at the world right now, this is going to go a little deeper than probably you expected. But my pet peeve is that the we're in the midst of massive change, the fastest change humankind has ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And the reaction, instead of embracing it and going, hey, there's some cool things we're going to do and humanity is going to evolve in a whole different way. Mm. Uh, there's a whole wave of, oh, I don't want it to be changing. I want it to go back to the 1950s somehow like that was better. Mm. And, <laughs> and it's, it's just, it brews this separation and uh, talking at each other instead of communing and connecting with each other. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of, you know, hey, it's okay. It'll be okay happening. It's mm -hmm. just, rah! and that's a peeve for me. <laughs> Mine is much lighter. It's a left turn signal or a right turn signal. Just putting on your damn signal in your car. Cars are so advanced. They drive by themselves can't you just put on that little, it's, it's, your hands are on the wheel. It's like literally within centimeters of where your finger is to flip it on, to just let somebody know what's happening in your brain, because we can't guess when we're maneuvering 5,000 pounds of machinery. I mean, give me a break. Use your blinker. That's yeah. my pet peeve. Yeah. Yeah. It's another type of communication that, uh, absolutely is necessary is necessary. Uh, I can relate to that one very much. Um, all right. Last one, last one of the rapid fire question is what is your TV guilty pleasure? Oh, my dear. Well, this was really fabulous during COVID because I'm not a huge TV person, but during COVID it was huge. Right. And, um, the world, as Mark was saying, it's changing. There were some really intense things happening. I was addicted to Hallmark, trashy, very superficial shows, you know, 250 ways. I think they have like 250 or 300 Christmas shows alone, but they were just so fluff and so light and so goofy and so fun. That was a guilty pleasure. And I did it for months and it got me through some really dark times. <laughs> And I still cried at the end. Every time the boy got the girl, the girl got the girl, the boy got the boy, I would still cry. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Totally predictable. Yeah. Alfred every time. And I'm, I'm that, proud to it. That's wonderful. That. That's why it's called a guilty pleasure. That's And, and that's the, the, no guilt, no guilt necessary. Absolutely. What about you, Mark? My guilty pleasures, uh, we have... A connectivity to YouTube on our television. Mm -hmm. So I'll, my wife hates this, but I'll just <laughs> go through and find the stuff I like because I like lots of different things and I want just short bites of it. <laughs> yeah. Lots of snacks. I'm yeah. a tapas kind of guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and which, what, what channel? Of YouTube. 
Yeah. What channel is your favorite one? Well, not all of them, but yeah. the ones that I've, you know, generally around uh, new things, automobiles, around mm. um, like uh, like the Plum Village information, you know, the Buddhism stuff. The lots Yeah, there's a lot. Lots. You can find whatever. Yeah. Nowadays, everything is on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of this about yourself. This is uh, this is a time where we start uh, addressing one of the golden questions of public speaking, which is how can I stop saying filler words? How can I stop saying filler words? And I want to say that before I leave the stage to you and your brilliance around that, because that you really helped me. One of the reasons why I was really thinking about my ums and ums is because I speak various languages and I tend to look for my words and I tend to want to say the right words and I, I tend to want to be very precise and then I get into my head in terms of am I expressing myself clearly enough and I found that that led to a lot of ums and ums and the techniques that I'm going to let you sh express um really helped for me because it's not about the ums and ums is it it's a symptom it's a symptom yeah it's it's like i have a headache okay <laughs> how do i make it go away but wait a minute you know have you drank any water today or in the last week <laughs> <laughs> you know there might be a cause so what is the cause below that? And you actually elucidated the cause, which is trying to find the perfect words mm -hmm. to some extent. I, I actually, the, now that I've processed more and watching the, our session together a little bit, that's definitely the root cause of what's going on for you. But it's true for almost everyone we've ever coached. Oh, yeah? Too. Absolutely. I mean, we want to be understood. We want to, we really, it's a high value. I think maybe it's inbuilt in this skin suit experience that we want to be understood. And so people want to be able to make sense. And there's many things that show up because of that, that we see all the time. And it also I'll add on to that. It's hesitation. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're navigating in our processing brain. Where do we want to go? What do we want to say? We're doubtful. We're unsure. We lack confidence. And to Mark's point, that's the root cause. That's the baseline. So in working in some of our techniques, it's really to discover how can we learn the skill of confidence? How can we navigate doubt? What makes us less doubtful? What makes us more confident? Well, it's knowledge, it's trust, things that in your case, you know your craft. You've been doing this a long, long time. So let's talk about your craft. Mm -hmm. And when you start speaking about things you know from a very uh, experiential place versus a processed place of let me take you through the steps or let me let me present it this way as I've written it in a very well-crafted speech, which sounds real. It's very, you know, unless you're a news anchor, it is really, really hard or an actor. It is really hard to read a script organic. Like it sounds like you really are feeling it and you have emotion behind it. Most of us cannot do that. I can't do that really well. But we have feelings and emotions and opinions about everything. And we speak from those places. Now, having an um and an ah every now and then, nothing wrong with it. But the truth is, when you sink into how you really express something that you've experienced, that you're sure about, all those little symptoms magically disappear without us even mentioning it which I don't believe we mentioned after you first asked the question. It's funny because I felt, I felt that it was a, it was a hijack 
kind of the brain is like, instead of thinking in the, let me make sense, it was completely coming from a different part of the brain and a different part of my, my consciousness, right? So I was, as you said, it just magically, air quote, went away because I was coming from a different place. And I would love to actually play if you guys are willing. One of, uh, because again, what is so fun and how we align so well is that your techniques include play and when we practice in a safe space of play and we approach things from a playful perspective i mean i use play in in my work as well because it's a it's a low stake environment where you can allow yourself to make mistakes and by doing so you're just present and therefore you can it allows to be a lot more conscious about things that actually come up for you and therefore debunk those and practice um, without the pressure and with the permission. So yeah, I can even add, there are scientific studies about yeah. playfulness in learning and how they're using it more in different types of, uh, you know, academic areas because people really do resonate with it. I mean, I'm telling you, if, if Hamilton was a musical when I was a kid learning social studies, I probably would be a historian by nature. But, you know, to read this dense, thick book of thousands of pages and memorize endless dates, it was not something I, I did really well. Therefore, at that time, I did really poorly at social studies. But I love history. So more, mm -hmm. more games, more... More games, yeah. Plays. Yeah. And especially uh, stimulating different parts of the brain. It just get our, it, as you said very well, Shirley, when in our session, it gets us out of our head. And it's so important when we get stuck in our head, oof, it's like the hamster wheel. So let's play. What about doing the analogy game? I mean, I'm going to let you choose which, which, what, what will be our first game? Because I, I, I think it'd be really great to talk about how that helps with, with that, with the ums and, and so on. So what is this game about? This game is about confusing the heck out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Love First it. First and foremost. Second, it's about pressure. Because mm -hmm. one of the things that we find is that where do these ums and ahs and other issues that people, the, the fear, come from? We're not used to pressure. And so when it arrives, when we find we need to talk to that person we'd really like to talk to, or we have to talk up in front of that all-hands meeting, the pressure arrives, and we go, what the heck do I do with this? It's overwhelming. It's too much. <clears throat> so part of this, back in my history, was I learned how to walk on hot coals with Mr. Robbins. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do it is to actually walk across the hot coals. And then you get used to it because then you can do it again. And I did it multiple times. And it was like, pretty soon it was no big deal. It still felt scary, but I knew I could do it. I had a confidence mm -hmm. that I would survive. I wouldn't die. I wouldn't have two starred, scarred, stinky smelling stumps for legs. <laughs> I would survive. <laughs> so part of this game really is doing that, is putting you in pressure and also being able to make sense out of something that inherently is kind of tough to make sense out of. Yeah. So, Jen. All right, I, I'm starting. Okay. You're starting. I'm, I, I don't. I don't put myself the pressure of making sense, though. I'm just gonna tell you right away. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go. Just finish it. Like, she's yeah. Very fond of saying, "Just finish the analogy." All right. A camel is like singing because they're bumps. Mushrooms are like headphones because they're round. Falling yeah. in love is like going to a brunch because it's long. Cooking is like uh -huh. waiting in line because you can connect with people. A lion is like leaving home because it's scary. DNA is like nails because it's unique. Toilets are like wine bottles because we pee in them. And iPhone <laughs> is like being born because it's, I don't know. Getting a massage is like curtains because it blinds us. Snow is like running because it's cold. Losing at a game is like having kids because it hurts. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, there were a couple of really cool things we'd like to point out. 
please do. You know, and actually the time, there wasn't a lot of time. So what, what, what did that do for you when you were actually playing the game? That there was not a lot of time is that I, there was no time for hesitation. I just went for it. And some of it made sense. Some of it didn't. Some of it was more professional than others. I don't really care about that, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So you didn't have time and you just kept going. We didn't hear a lot of ums and ahs because there wasn't time to hesitate. The restriction yeah. of the time forces you. And the game goes from six seconds all the way down to two seconds, actually. Mm. But it challenges you to just trust and move forward. And you set it in such a way, because we said you didn't have to really, you know, it's not about making sense. It's just, just finishing it. That's the only- yes only direction we gave you so you could say anything but notice how some of us have this judgment that we have to make sense we have to do this but if you look at politicians they say all kinds of things with great confidence all kinds of things crazy things weird things truthful things but they do it with confidence and we're not advocating that you speak silliness but this game helps you in step one gain that confidence just get it out there, just trust. And you even said at one point, I don't know, which is a totally legitimate answer. And you said it with assurance and that's the confidence piece in step one. Yeah. And so this, this game allows you to understand experientially because we're not, when we're coaching people, we're not actually breaking this down for them in the way we are now. Yeah. But it lets you experience that, you know what, I can say anything and still feel confident where yeah. the preconception people come in with is I have to have the perfect words. Therefore, I'll write the script. I'll practice over and over. I'll memorize everything. I'll have sleepless nights. And then <laughs> I'll be totally unpresent while I'm speaking because now I have to remember what comes after this, what comes after this. And they're totally like a robot to begging of speech which is horrible we've all been there seen it maybe even done it and what we want to start to explore is well what if you just had the concepts i'm going to talk about this this and this and the rest i don't know what the words are going to be i'm going to be surprised as everybody else with what comes out i know it'll be good so this is the opening step towards getting to that level of confidence of getting the practice in of doing it over and over into a place where you can just improv your way into brilliance oh i love that improv your way into brilliance and i'd like shelly go ahead because i have a follow-up question I, I was just going to add on to that improv your way into brilliance is that we start fast and then as we work in the coaching we slow down. So there's a very specific intention there because you're saying fast, I'm speaking fast. What am I going to say? What am I going to You get out of your head, as you said earlier. And then we start peeling back the layers from there and slowing it down and reveal more interesting things about the root. Yes. I'd love to ask, repetition makes progress. Right. Somebody who would not, I'm sure you've seen many different experiences with people with that specific game where I'm, I'm sure that some people have a really hard time even finishing because they're getting their head and some people will, you know, just go through it and no problem. What is the, the cadence or the frequency of repetition that you normally suggest uh, to start? I mean, it's an average because I know it will depend for everybody, but what do you normally suggest with clients? What do you see most? to repeat that, that same game, for example. Well, learning theory says that if we make it different, so not, it's not so much that you repeating exactly the mm. same way and that you get used to it. Now the game has inherent um, variability to it. Yeah. So it's challenging in that regard. But if you're starting to switch it, you get used to doing it at a fast or three seconds and you do it longer. Or maybe you start to do different levels of each rep. You start to throw in. It's like, I think my analogy is it's juggling. You got three balls down. Okay, here's the fourth ball. 
Okay, what else can you do? What about the fifth one? Can you do that? And now that's where actual learning is taking place. We can accelerate how quickly we're integrating by making it hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was just reading about Steph Curry, um, basketball player, greatest three-point shooter, huge fan, just a superhuman being too. And what he found was that they, they he, he got some researchers to actually say, well, I, this is getting too easy for me. And he shoots from half courts and hit and, and hits, yeah. you know, puts the ball in the basket under pressure. Yeah. And they went, okay, let's make the hoop smaller. Mm-hmm. And suddenly his three-point shooting went to a whole nother level a few years ago. Yeah. So this is a critical component of making it harder so not so much how much time is the mm-hmm. right number, but how can I make this harder for myself? And we do this all the time when we're coaching people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's got the more grinder. More She's got all kinds of stuff. She's fantastic at coming up with another way. Ah, here. <laughs> now you have to stand on a bed of nails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we make people sign a disclosure before they they yeah. join but it is true. It's constantly challenging yourself and thinking about, you know, we open the idea to thinking of things differently. We we embrace the idea of a new mindset, a different way of seeing things, a different perspective. And when we start opening our mind to that, that's where the challenges for ourselves come in, the possibilities, making it harder, whatever, different Practice is so important to what we do and changing it up and just exploring that practice is really, is really how you get there. The more you do it, the more you raise your hand, even if, you know, you, you attend a a conference and the speaker finishes and they say any questions and you raise your hand, even if you have nothing to say, you have nothing to say, raise your hand and just say, I really enjoyed that talk. That was amazing. Thank you. That experience alone is something that you've may have never thought of it's totally acceptable the speaker probably likes being thanked and you've just challenged yourself to something different next time raise your hand maybe you'll actually have a question of a different sort absolutely and another question and and i'm interested to ask that because i know that this is something that i've experienced myself i know a lot of non-native English speakers that do speak in English. And I know that you work with people all over the world that also have to speak in another language. Our question today is, English is not my first language, or I have to speak in a language that is not my first language. How can I be a confident speaker? Does that, does that matter? Does language matter? Not in our experience. And as you mentioned, I think it's 43 countries now that we've coached people from. (laughs) Um, Probably half, close to half, are non-native English speakers. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty big, you know, thousands of people at this point. A pretty big database of, of results. And it just doesn't seem to make any difference. In the course of six weeks, people get to be a much better speaker because they stop trying to have the right words. They stop. They just kind of surrender to saying whatever, and then it gets better and better and better. And because we're in a place where you're allowed to make mistakes when we're practicing, we want you. We would much rather have you blank or say something inappropriate, quote unquote, or make a mistake or say an um or an ah or whatever, in practice because that's where we can help you with it Mm -hmm. and get it better um i've coached quite a few people who have um speaking issues stuttering sort of issues Mm -hmm. and even that goes away and that's theoretically this big psychological issue that you know Mm -hmm. baked in somehow well experience trumps beliefs in a lot of ways and makes beliefs new beliefs and so the repetition the advantage that we have is because the games are online because the games are designed well to make Mm -hmm. pressure 
to challenge, to get continually harder, mm -hmm. we can give people a lot of experience in a short period of time. Yeah. Instead of having a checklist of all the rules to follow, yeah, you have them built into your muscle. Yeah. And you yeah. can just do it. Mm -hmm. This is a perishable skill, by the way. Just because you were a good speaker yesterday doesn't mean you're going to be a good speaker two weeks from now. If you don't practice, it goes away. Mm -hmm. Like all soft skills, in a way. If you yeah. don't practice, yeah, it's going to go away. So you got to put skill. the reps in. You got to be able to, to set the mindset, I think. And this is where Shelly's really good at coaching with people. Set that mindset that every conversation with another human being one or a thousand doesn't matter is an opportunity to practice yeah to get better at your skills and you just need to do it every day yeah put the reps in and then it gets easy mm -hmm. yeah and it, it's true mm -hmm. yeah we've worked with people with impediments we've worked with people with second languages third languages and it's okay like Mark's saying, to have an omen and an R or even stutter a little bit or have a thick accent, it's okay. It's part of who you are mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful thing to embrace. We're not trying to erase those things at all. We want you to celebrate them. But as Mark's saying, and he has all the science behind it, when you're in your head, when, when, when you have these beliefs ingrained into your being, that's the only place it exists. So for example, we're talking about English versus another language. Well, public speaking is in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. An audience is defined as one or more. So you're speaking publicly in front of one person or a thousand people, even on Zoom and in person. In our experience, it doesn't matter because we're helping you manage your energy, nervous energy into ways that you can speak about what you know about. And once you're in that place of comfort, because you know your stuff, all those things, again, like the ums and ahs, they fall by the wayside when it's not top of mind and you, your subconscious, where you trust yourself, where your intelligence is, where your history is and your knowledge is, speaking from that place, you know it cold. Mm -hmm. Something that's really clicked for me that Mark said uh, when we worked together was breathing will save your butt. Mm. And I think that it, it speaks perfectly to what you just said. Can you speak a little bit more about that or why why will breathing save your butt well if you want the mechanism i won't go into that a ton but basically your 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 being your your breath system your lungs is connected to your autonomic nervous system the nerves run right through there and that's what allows you to calm down the uh, other part of your nervous system is what cranks you up. Mm -hmm. So you notice something is of value to you, whether that's uh, a saber-toothed tiger coming to you at you or the big boss. Suddenly you have to present your weekly report and eh, there was an issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Up comes the adrenaline and the dopamine in your blood system and you feel nerves. Well, the way to control it is... And that is directly connected. It works every time. It's the fastest researched way. It's used by all the SEAL teams and firefighters and police officers in the world. There's a really cool thing that just launched last night of um, the Thor actor going through. It's on Disney on their National Geographic section of dealing with stress is what they call it but ultimately it's about fear and the first thing that chris hemsworth mm. is supposed to do is guess what there's this huge tower in sydney 900 over 900 feet tall there's a crane on the top we're going to get you to walk out over top <laughs> and we're going to train you how to do it 
so that you can actually do it because he's afraid of heights. And they go through the process. And guess what? Big, huge part of it. Breathing. Breath. Breathing is what allows mm -hmm. him to do it. Breathing is what allows it goes on and on. He goes into he's <laughs> and I'm a huge fan of the cold. He swims in 37 degree Fahrenheit water, which I actually shower in every morning. <laughs> he swims 250 meters in Norway through that. But how is he able to do that? They train him in how to breathe, mm -hmm. how to deal with it, mm -hmm. etc. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. So it's a fantastic series. I highly recommend it. But this is it's it's not just the they're not just making it up. This is, he's got yeah. science advisors who are showing him the way to be able to survive this, to do these super hard things that most people, hell, scares the crap out of me. But I'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> I think that also when we're speaking and, and if we're getting nervous or if we're getting in our head or sometimes if you start speaking really fast, just taking that pause to breathe can really just make you present back to the present moment and therefore back to expressing uh, yourself more clearly. And I know that there is a game that I did with you both that was really helpful for that. Um, is it called Snow Globe? Called is it Snow that Globe. one? Do you guys want to give that a go? Do you feel like it? Sure. I think it would be really useful to show that. Sure. And also it's... I love that it's very playful with the, you know, I know that you can do it with playful topics or not, but I find it very, very fun to do that with um, a playful topic because it just, you know, it's just fun. It's pure improv and I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. It is. And what the game is really doing is, is forcing the breath. It's forcing you to take a breath because it's uncomfortable and it doesn't feel right because we're not used to it. We have this automatic pilot that we have to leap in. Somebody asks us a question, we got to boom, we got to give them the answer. We got to speak really fast and get a lot of information. And where is it written that that is the way it has to be? And the truth is people, people connect with you when they can understand what you're saying or they relate to what you're saying. So the breath gives you a chance to regroup and get there. And it's permission-based because it also gives the audience a chance to kind of catch up with you as well. And we don't always think of that. We're the experts. We do this all day long. I know the routine. I know the methods. But if I do it really fast, I forget that the people I'm coaching, it's the first time they're understanding this. And the patience and the breath, I have to give that space, that beginner's mindset. Yeah. It's the first time. Yeah. I love that. I love that it's a two-way street. It's for you and for the audience. Well, Do you I want to give us a fun topic, Jen? Because you want to make it fun. Yes, I want to make it fun. Oh, I can give it. I can give a topic. Okay. Uh, clowns on unicycles. Oh, I wish I had that one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried to ride a unicycle? It is really bizarrely unsettling. Kind of like when I went and did a clown training. I was in my 20s and we had this exercise where we had to pretend we were stuck in honey. Now, I don't know what this had to do with clowning at that particular moment, <laughs> but suddenly I transformed into Hulk moving through this honey. I lost myself. I literally lost consciousness of Mark and was just this... Trying to move through this honey, and it was totally unsettling, just like riding a unicycle is. <laughs> Look at how you cut that at the end. That's great. <laughs> I love that I can see you through the honey. Oh, God. 
That's hilarious. So that's really interesting, Jen, that you said you could see Mark going through the honey. Notice how when he was expressing that title, I mean, look, that was a tough title. Anybody could go anywhere with that. But he dove right into a story that he lived, a moment mm -hmm. in his life that was truth, that he knows everything about because he experienced it. He was able to speak about it at depth without a script or anything. And the breath enabled him to even connect deeper with how he feels about the whole scenario. So it's not just spewing words to fill the space. It's really sharing something meaningful. And in a way that both you and I felt that honey, felt that movement, we're there with him. We're breathing with him. And so this is another thing when people say, what if I, you know, I breathe and somebody cuts me off? Well, that happens. There are people that do that. They take, they got to jump in. But we know, we know this. When you're saying something really compelling and important and valuable like that, most of the people are patient and want to hear more of what you have to say. And they won't interrupt. Yeah, to try, to try for sure. I love that. Can I try? Can I do it? Can I play? Absolutely. Or Shelly, yeah. do you want to play? I want to do no, another No, no, no. I think, Jen, you do it. A mistake I've made in translation. Ah. <laughs> I am wondering if I'm going to embarrass myself, but I will. I remember... Uh, the first opportunity I had to volunteer at a very high-end ball. It was black tie, was in a fancy hotel and the organization I was volunteering for um, had paid for my gown and so on. And I was a raffle ticket a uh, person and I was going around and selling raffle tickets and I would just walk out to groups of people in their black tie and gowns <laughs> oh no <laughs> and um I needed to sell and I needed to sell those uh, those uh, tickets and I was uh, going around I, my first language is French, all right? And this was in English. This was way back when I didn't necessarily know all the intricacies of all of the expressions. <laughs> and I was conf confidently walking up to groups of people asking, so who's getting lucky tonight? And I had a lot of <laughs> very bad stares. <laughs> of um i'm not sure i'm not sure you should say actually somebody pulled me apart somebody pulled me on the side and said i'm not i'm not sure that you know what that means <laughs> um and uh, but i have to say that i broke all the records and sold the most raffle ticket of that organization ever sold <laughs> of course you did. I'll pay for that. <laughs> that is fabulous. What a great story. Great story. That's <laughs> a true story. Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing, but it was so innocent on my part. It was so innocent on my part. Um, well, we believe that. Because it's luck. I mean... It's a. It was a raffle. This is luck, right? Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, so... I, I I love the breath into that story because I could have said it so much faster, I think. And I love the pause and just feeling it. And I also went to that, to that moment, as you mentioned, uh, Shelly, with the, the gowns. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really, really painting myself. that picture. Yeah. 
And that that's really, really, really important because you own that moment. And we see back to the beginning, we talk about different perspectives. We see different things that we didn't see before or remember. And it helps us keep the story fresh and new or a presentation fresh and new and be able to say something over and over again in new and different ways by really observing all the nuances and really help bringing that moment alive. And we're with you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of. I love that. If I could add to that. The, the root of connecting with other people is connecting mm-hmm. with yourself. Mm-hmm. So when I feel my story, the odds go way up that you're going to feel it. And the same was true for you. When you were feeling that story, Shelly and I were totally wrapped, enraptured with that beautiful, cute story that shows us <laughs> a whole bunch about mm-hmm. what Jen is really about and like and who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. And it connects us better than anything. This is why I love this so much. Yeah, that that connection is it can be so powerful. Um, we could talk about this. Like, I would play with you both like all day, but I want to add for the audience at home who's like listening and like, oh my god, how do I get in touch? So, how can we find more of you both? Remarkablespeaking.com. Because you want to speak remarkably. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. And I believe you're also active on LinkedIn. Yes. Awesome. And the links would be in the uh, the description of the podcast. I want to thank you both so much for coming on the podcast and for just sharing your knowledge. And I had a lot of fun uh, with you while working with you and here today. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for listening to the Mint Green Ukulele podcast. Now, what is your question around reducing stress, increasing productivity, or leading effectively without sacrificing joy in your life? Well, you can submit your question anonymously for me and my guests to tackle them, and you can do so at mintgreen.show. This just in. Oh. Opposite day starts in three, two, oh, one. Oh, not okay. Um, all right, so don't subscribe. Uh, don't subscribe, don't follow, don't like, uh, don't eat your veggies, don't call your mom. Those things are just bad for you. And don't you even think about following or connecting on LinkedIn. Uh, it's not like I post comedy videos that people are raving about. Uh, no thanks. All right, so no thank you and no bye.